Matthew chapter 27, verse number 36. And sitting down, they watched him there. Let me read that again. And sitting down, they watched him there. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We thank you for all that you know. We thank you for mercy, grace, and love. We thank you for, Lord, just uh, each and every heart here. Lord, we pray that if there's any heart here that doesn't know you today, whether it be your day of salvation. Help us draw closer to you. Help us to be what we need to be, Father. We'll just give you the glory. We give you the honor in all things. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In, in, in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 2, it says, I am crucified uh, with Christ, and nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Let me say that you are loved this morning. Uh, someone loves you. You may think that uh, nobody loves you. You think uh, uh, nothing is done right. But somebody loves you this morning. Before you was ever born, he proved and showed His love to you and I. We've all had people in our lives that said, I love you. But they really never proved that. They never really proved that. And if we're honest with ourselves, we probably said the same thing. We have probably told people, I love you, and never really proved that. Never proved it. But Jesus Christ proved His love on the cross of Calvary. Taking your sins to the top of Mount Calvary and dying from them this morning. Galatians 5 chapter 24 in that same book says, And now that they are crucified, Christ has crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. According to these two passages, you and I as Christians are to reckon ourselves dead on the cross. Our flesh and our old man is crucified on the cross and resurrected to walk in the newness of life. It has been said that the heart of every Christian is two thrones, the throne and the cross. If you're sitting on the throne of your heart, that means Christ is still on the cross of your heart. If you are on the cross, that means Christ is sitting on the throne of your heart. I know I, I have, I've been in my times, I have sat on the throne of this heart, of this flesh. I've led it the wrong way. I've done the wrong things and I messed up with it. But I find that when Christ is sitting on the throne of my heart, Everything runs smooth. Everything runs smooth. I, I enjoy that. If you let him call the shots in your life, everything's going to go well. So that brings us to Matthew 27, verse 36. And if, I, if you look at it like I look at high in a world, what in the world? And sitting down, they watched him there. And I looked at that. I said, Lord... I don't understand. Then it started coming to me. 
When you look at the cross, you see an awful picture of death, suffering, bleeding, dying. Uh, the Lamb of God giving Himself for sins on the cross for your sins and my sins this morning. That's the main picture of the cross. When you look at the cross, that should be what you see at the cross this morning. But can I say as a Christian, now looking back at the cross of Calvary, a Christian now living on this side of Calvary, looking at the scene as a Christian, we're supposed to live a crucified life. I, I see that picture of an awful death, but I also see that awesome picture of the beginning of a Christian life. I don't just see someone dying. When I look at it, I see how I am commanded to live. Preaching on this thought, living a crucified life. I want to live like he died. When you look at the cross and I, and I am commanded to be crucified like Christ, hanging on the cross, we have watched a dying man in defeat, but also watching the Christian life unfold before our very eyes. What you and I are called to live in the Christian life as Christ dying on the cross this morning. I would like to look at the cross this morning in a different way for those that are saved. But if you've never been saved, then, then coming to the cross is your first step. Asking Christ into your heart is your first step. But when I look at the cross, I just don't see Jesus dying on the cross. What I see I'm supposed to do is to live my life. Somehow we have to live this crucified life. Looking at the cross of Jesus. I don't want to be one of those bitter Christians. Uh, that mean old dirty man sitting in church uh, uh, holding stuff against people, uh, mad at everybody. Listen, all the years in the ministry, there's some people who said some bad stuff about me. There's people who said some things about me. They've lied on me. But I refuse to, uh, to get in the pulpit and act like I, I'm some defeated or, or uh, some begrudging person. Uh, that's not what God has called me to be. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm trying to help somebody. Trying to be a blessing to people and lead them to the way that they need to go. Because I look at this world and I know it's dying and we're all going to die. But there comes a time that you got to make a decision in your life. Whether you're going to die with Christ or die and go to hell. So I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you this morning. Christ had... Compassion on the cross for others. 
We need to live a crucified life that God has called us to live. I, he, he, had, he had love on the cross, compassion on the cross. He, he was there on the cross, hanging on the cross, and he's doing this job that he needs to do for salvation. But yet in the moment of all that he's doing, he takes the time out and he says, Woman, behold thy son. Talking about John Beloved. Then if he looked at John Beloved, Behold thou mother. Even at the time that the cross, he has compassion, uh, 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 love, and care for those that are around him, even though he's dying and shedding his blood. He has love for every sinner. He's hanging there as the high priest, dying in your place and my place. And about that time, the thief that was getting what he deserved. And somehow, he looks at him with compassion and says, Lord, remember me when thou come in thy kingdom. He's getting what he deserved, death. But Christ, having the love for the sinner, said, The day thou shalt be with me in paradise. He's saying the same thing this morning to you and I as sinners. He's saying, hey, there's, there's a way to escape the, the, the wrath of God. There's a way to escape the hell that is coming because He loved you. I want to live to see other people born again. Have the love to see that. We need to be aware of every person that we come in contact with. Not just looking at a person, not just looking at a race or a, a nationality, but look at that person as a soul that is living and that a soul that's going to live forever. The Bible tells us that the body goes back to which it was coming from, the dust of this world, the spirit goes back to the Father, but that soul lives forever. When you look at somebody, look at that soul that's living forever. And God has placed them in front of you to be a witness to them, to tell them what Christ can do for them. That someday, if they don't follow Christ, judgment is coming down on them. I know the Bible says the blood of thy man be required on thy hand in the Old Testament and everything. And you say, where people say, well, that's, that's Old Testament. We're under the grace. We're under the New Testament. But Paul says, I have no blood on my hand. I'm clean of all men's blood. Why? Because he told everybody he'd come in contact with Christ. He told them about the Savior. He told them what Jesus did for him and what Jesus can do for them. I, it worries me, it scares me that I'm going to stand before God and give an account for all those people that I've come in contact with that I did not say a thing about what Christ had done. I didn't, I didn't give them a track. I didn't witness to them. I didn't invite them to church. I'm scared of that. It worries me. And I, I come short of doing that. 
And I know that I'm going to stand for an almighty God. It might not be the blood on my hands, but he's going to say, I put this person in front of you to witness to them, and you chose not to do because you were just too busy. You know, sometimes we get too busy in our life to do the things we want to do instead of doing what God has called us to do. Get too busy playing sports, get too busy going here. I'm in a rush here, I'm in a rush there, I'm going here, I'm going there. And there's some soul that comes past you and you just, just, just push them off. I ain't got time to deal with you. When you say that, think about standing in front of God and telling God, I ain't got time to deal with you, God, because I'm just too busy. You stop and talk to that person. I want to live my life as Christ died. I want to be what he's called me. I'll give you three things and we'll go. I want to live my life like Christ lived his life, died on the cross, forgiving others. It was Jesus that was hanging on the cross, and when the first statement that is made, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's Judas Iscariot that looked at the priest and said, I have sinned, that I have betrayed innocent blood. They knew that he was innocent man. They had to get witnesses to lie upon him just to convict him. He was an innocent man. Even Pilate himself three times, I, I find no fault, I find no fault, I find no fault. And they know not what they do. Listen, I know what he's saying. They don't realize I am God in the flesh. They didn't know that part, but they knew what they were doing was wrong. They have crucified an innocent man. He didn't deserve what they did to him. But let me just say this, Jesus Christ being done wrong, Jesus Christ being tried unjustly, Jesus Christ being lied on, mistreated, and hated, lived a dying moment in his life, forgiving other people. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Maybe you've got it all figured out. Maybe you, that person, has gotten life all figured out, but I, I'm not. I have a hard time dealing with forgiveness. I have a hard time dealing with that. You say, well, I've got it all figured out. I just don't forgive them. Well, okay, that's your choice. Bible says the man... Slaps you, turn the other cheek. I'm just going to give you a fair warning. Don't try it. Because I'll probably know what I'm going to do. I'm going to hit you, and then I'm going to ask for forgiveness. <laughs> I, I don't have it down. 
I don't have this forgiveness down like I should. Now I pray about it. I work on it. I try to get it done the way God wants me to get it done. But I, I haven't come full course with forgiving. Now if you have, please let me know. So that way I can learn how to get it done. But I imagine every one of us sitting in here has dealt with the problem of unforgiving. Just don't want to forgive. We've all dealt with that. Listen, Christ, all that he went through, all that they did uh, prior to the cross that they did to him, and he never opened his mouth, he never said a thing, and yet hanging on the cross, Father, forgive them. Man, I, I, I'd like to be there. I'd like to be to that point when someone hurts me. I could look at them and say, I, I forgive. But I'm reminded we're to live that kind of life as a crucified Christian, as his flesh Christian. We're to live that forgiving life when somebody does you wrong. When somebody says something bad about you. When somebody hurts you, lies on you, mocks you. We're supposed to forgive them and keep going forward. That's a hard thing, right? Am I the only one that's got a problem with that? Let me tell you. But here Christ has given us the example of how to live that life of forgiveness even when you've been done wrong. Even when somebody does you wrong and does nothing about it, you are to forgive them. You don't know what they've done to me. I don't. But you're to forgive them. Some Christians are like this. Somebody whacked them in their life somewhere, verbally, physically, financially, whatever it was. They done you wrong, and I agree with you on that. I am not arguing at that point. They done you wrong. And that's made a big hurt and a big problem in your life. Say you have your car. Anybody ever had a wreck? Anybody that's been hit and they run off and leave you laying there like, huh? <laughs> you get sideswiped by somebody and, and you stop and, and you're trying to get insurance. The next thing you know, you look, they're driving off. And there you're sitting looking at your car. It's all dented up, all banged up. Well, I, I could just say, you know what? I'm not going to fix it. It's their fault. They need to come back and get it corrected. And if they don't, I'm not going to do nothing about it. I'm just going to drive all the way around all the time with a dented, dragging down bumper. I could do that. Or I can just say, you know what? They ain't going to make it right. But I'm not going to drive around with this dented bumper I'm just going to go ahead and get it fixed no matter what it costs me. And I'm just going to get it done right. And I'm just going to drive around 
with a car that looks good. You've got a choice. You've got an option. Same thing Christian life. Somebody smacks you, hurts you. You can run around all the time, craning, complaining, all these things. Hey, hey, this is what they've done to me. Or you just get over it, get it fixed, and move on. You can drive through your entire life dragging that old dented bumper around and whining and complaining about everything happening. Instead of, can I tell you this? That person that hit you is long gone. Hey, they don't care about you. You're not second, you're your last thought on their mind. And here you are months later scratching her head. Why, why, why? They're already gone. They don't care. They're having fun. You're dragging it out. Get over it. Get over it and just move on. Forgive them if they've done you wrong. No matter what, just forgive them. Christ said, Father, forgive them. That's the kind of life I want to live. I don't have to run around ticked off all the time because somebody said something to me, somebody done something wrong. I can just forgive and move on. Let me make this statement. You don't have to put yourself back there when something bad happens. When somebody does you wrong, you don't have to keep going back to them people. Just forgive them and move on. I, I want to live that crucified life of forgiving people like Christ did. I want to live that life, crucified life like Christ did with the fruit in my life. The Bible tells us there are nine fruits uh, of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, uh, meekness, and temperance. And when you read and study the crucifixion story, you'll find the fruits of the Spirit shown in the life of Christ on the cross. In other words, a crucified life produces the Spirit of the Spirit. Fruits of the Spirit. You say, I can't see that the cross. How can you see the fruits of the Spirit on the cross first? Well, look, love. No greater love than a man has than to lay down his life for his friend. God gave his only begotten son. He proved his love on the cross by dying for you and I. Joy. Hebrews said, for the joy that was set before him to endure the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of the Father. Long-suffering. He prayed, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We see his gentleness in dealing with his mother and the sinner beside him on the cross. We see his goodness. What is the goodness? The goodness of God that leadeth thee to repentance. And that the sinner came to repent on the cross. Faith. He said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He knows where he's going. He has faith in his Father. Meekness. 
You know the Bible says that he could call 12 legions of angels. Meekness is the strength under control. At any point in time, Jesus could have called the legion of angels and said, that's enough, it's over with. Listen, in the Old Testament, one angel killed over 100,000 people. Now you get that wrapped in your mind and think about what 12 legions of angels could have done to this world. He could have said, enough is enough, and this world had been wiped out. Temperance. It's not getting what you want, but keeping your body under subjection. When they give you, he, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And he would not drink it because it was a toxin, it was to numb the pain. To help you through the suffering. And only a crucified life can produce the spirit, fruits of the Spirit as Christ exhibits on the cross for you and I. And let me just say this. If you're not living the crucified life, then you don't have the fruits of the Spirit in your life. In order for you to exhibit those fruits of the Spirit, you must crucify the flesh. Not once a week, but every day out of that bed flesh has got to be crucified I, I get up in the morning sometimes says God killed Jimmy because I know in Jimmy's way in Jimmy's will I'm not going to do what God wants me to do I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm going to mess it up I'm going to mess it up we need to crucify the flesh in order to exhibit the fruits of the spirit in our lives that we live. That, I, I want to live my life like he died. Exhibiting the, the, the fruits of the Spirit. And I, I fall short. I have to admit I fall short on all these things. I want to live my life forgiving others. I want to live my life caring for those fruit in my life but I want to have a fellowship with God you find that while he was on the cross he was talking to God the son conversing with the father he even puts himself in our shoes when he said my my why hast thou forsaken me he presents puts himself in the position of a sinner. And you get to a place you don't understand why. I don't understand why. What's going on? Why is this happening to me? Just keep talking to him. Keep conversing with him. Keep having fellowship with God. Don't lose your fellowship with God. While he was dying, he said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. He lives his whole life fellowshipping with the Father. I want to make sure I'm living my life fellowshipping with the Lord. Not doing what I want to do. But seeking his will every day. 
then I want to live my life like he did on the cross, finishing my course. I, I believe the last words that the Savior said on the cross, and there's some debate about it, but I'm just going to stick with this. You can choose whichever you want, but I like this. I believe he said, it is finished. He said, I'm finished with what you sent me to do. I've done, done it. I've completed the course. You know, we're living in a generation of quitters. <laughs> and I, I'm talking about the Christian world. I'm talking about the church world. It don't take much to upset Christians anymore. And an upset Christian is a Christian that's on the verge of just packing it up and leaving the house of God. Getting out of the Word of God, getting out of the will of God. Looking for a reason in all the wrong places. <laughs> we, we, we live in a world of just quitters. You, you get your toes stumped and you're looking for a reason to get out of the church. I've seen churches split up on the color of songbooks. I've seen churches split up over colors of the carpet. You say, how in the world? Christians, you're dealing with Christians. Amen. We're, we're living in a world of quitters today. I, I, I want to be like Paul. Now, if anybody had a, a, an excuse to just say, I'm through, Paul did. Beaten. Stoned to death, shipwrecked, cast out, seek to be killed, hated by his brethren, he was forsaken. He, he just said, you know, if there's anything that's been done, I've gone through it. But yet at the end of his life, I have fought a good fight. I finished my course. I have kept the faith. You need to make your mind up right now. Are you going to finish the course? Are you going to keep the fight? Are you going to finish the course? I want to live my life like Christ died on the cross of Calvary. Forgiving others. Loving others having the fruits of the Spirit in my life, worshiping and fellowshipping with God, then stick to the course. I don't want to give up. I don't want to quit. No matter what God has for me to do, I don't want to give up. I'm not going to say I'm through with it. I'm throwing in a towel I want to go the whole nine yards because I know that where I'm heading is a lot better than where I'm at today. He said, I've gone to prepare a place, and if I go to prepare a place, I'll come again. That where I am, you shall also be. I'm looking for that day. I'm waiting for that day. But I cannot get there if I do not finish my course. If I do not live a crucified life, I cannot get to where Christ is at. 
Are you living a crucified life this morning? And I'm talking about Christian people. Are you living a crucified life? Is your life like Christ died on a cross? If not, then I suggest you come to the altar and find out why 